Good? Now, awesome. Okay. That's an appropriate uh, uh, Jesus storybook Bible story for the moment we're in. That wasn't planned, but just the, the inability to understand one another. I think is, uh, is, a, is a theme right now. Um, if you're a guest with us, uh, I want to welcome you. My name's Jeremy. I'm one of the pastors here at the church. Um, if, if I haven't met you yet, I'd love to meet you after the service. It's the benefit about being in a, with a smaller group today that uh, maybe there's some time afterwards where I can meet you and, and get to know you a little bit. But, um, so today, um, like Jay said, um, we're not going to do Psalm 51 today. We're going to wait till next week to do that. And, um, yeah, this all kind of came about, I've been thinking a lot about this over the last, obviously, three or four days, and then about seven o'clock this morning, I just felt like we needed to, we needed to change directions. And so we were going to address this and pray for it briefly as a part of our service today, but we feel like just the, the amount of escalation, and, and it's to the point now where we just want to kind of give our, um, our 15 or 20 minutes in this space to the issues at hand. So let me, uh, let me pray for me and pray for us because we all need it. God, I, uh, I'll just confess I need your help. I feel like um, this, is, this kind of stuff is way above my pay grade to talk about. But we know you've talked about it in your word. And so we're going to look at a few passages today to um, talk about what is happening in our nation at the moment. I pray more than anything during this time and even moving forward from here that you would give us humility and you would give us empathy. Humility and empathy. And we know a gospel people, those things should come naturally or should be the fruit of a, a heart that has been forgiven a life that is, was once wicked and rebellious and wanted nothing to do with God and God's scandalous, amazing grace saved us, which should produce humility and empathy. So I pray you give us those things today and as we leave this place. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Okay. Um, so yeah, like Jay said, this is, uh, I, I could kind of stream of consciousness here, uh, but I've tried to, to give some kind of order and format to this in the short time that I had, and so hopefully it'll come out um, coherent and organized, but some of this is just kind of off the cuff, and, I, and it's a little bit raw, I'll, I'll admit. Um, I'm, uh, I'm really tired. Uh, maybe, it's, maybe it's the COVID stuff, gathering, questions. I'm tired. Uh, the last three or four days has just compounded that. Um, just thinking about it, feeling uh, sad but helpless, sad but not being able to understand, wanting to feel worse than I do, but because of who I am and my upbringing, I, 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 I have trouble feeling what I need to feel right now. Um, and as I think about that, though, about the, the current issues, I can't imagine how tired people of color feel right now. I'm a white guy, privileged white guy, who has had a, from all standpoints, worldly standpoints, a, a good life, have access to everything I need, haven't been bullied, haven't been profiled, um, and I'm tired. 
I can't imagine how people of color are feeling right now. Minorities too, but I want to focus on our African Americans today. Um, I can only imagine how they're feeling. So I, I don't feel qualified to speak on all of this. So, I, but I, some of this is just coming from the heart. But I've I've read, I've listened, I've prayed a lot, I've tried to um, um, read read um, at least my African American brothers who are pastors to understand from them the last few days on how to navigate this. Um, and so, um, yeah, I'll just say that to begin with. But um, this week it was George Floyd murdered. Christian Cooper was the African-American man who was uh, bird-watching in Central Park. I include that one because I think that one's um, maybe gets, gets pushed under the rug in this a little bit. But to me, that, that is just as much, the heart there is just as much as, as these others. Ahmaud Arbery, a couple weeks ago. This is all in the last like two or three weeks, right? It's, it's come at us in this wave. Um, and as a church and as a leadership, I just want to make sure that... that um, all of you here and the, the people who are, are, are listening, um, obviously because of COVID, we, more than half of our people aren't here today. And so um, as people are listening to this or watching this this week, um, I, I want them to know as well that as a church, we condemn this, the, the, the horrible act committed um, on George Floyd, Floyd by this police officer. Um, it was horrific. It was murder. Um, and in no way can anybody defend this and and hopefully we are in agreement on that um but i want to go to the scriptures here and i just want to be us to be reminded from god's word god's spoken word what he thinks about this and what maybe he's calling us to do psalm 51 1 this was one of the uh, verses we were going to read today um um have mercy on me O god according to your steadfast love According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. This is a man after God's own heart. This is King David, right? A leader of God's people, and he was quick. In this situation, he had a, obviously had the prophet come in, Nathan, and, and convict him. But after being convicted, he was quick to repent. Um, Galatians 3.28. This is Paul talking about the relationship between Jew and Gentile. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's no male and female. Few are all one in Christ Jesus. And Amos. Prophet Amos here. I hate. And this is, this is in the context of Amos, which Amos is, uh, God through Amos is getting after God's people for not caring about the oppressed not caring about the marginalized, not caring about the poor, not caring about issues of justice. And he says this, I hate, I despise your feasts, these festivals that they would have as God's people, that they were called that, uh, commanded to have. And I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. For us, that would be church services, right? Even though you offer me your burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. And the peace offerings of your fattened animals, I will not look upon them. Take away from me the noise of your songs to the melody of your harps. I will not listen, but let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. So God there is saying, don't do all this stuff and not do this other. And so 
I just want us to be reminded that God cares about this. This isn't, God isn't silent on this. God cares about racism. He does. Um, kids in the room, um, I want to, since we have more than usual um, in our current setup, I just want to uh, say to you, and maybe this is uh, kind of nudging the door open for a conversation with your parents later. You're welcome, parents. Um, kids, um, how do you treat people that don't look like you? God says you should treat people who don't have your same skin color, maybe, and other issues as well, but skin color, you should treat them the same way you treat people who look like you. Because God says, and we didn't read this verse, but at the beginning of Genesis in creation, God says that we're all image bearers. We're all made in his likeness. We all have equal value and worth in God's eyes. And that idea is really the foundation which all of this care for our fellow man and woman, that, that's what that is birthed out of, is that verse. So, so kids, like, talk to this with your parents. Like, do you realize that some people aren't treated like you are, maybe, because of their skin color? That's wrong. And God says it's wrong in the Bible. Now, I am, again, two words that I... God played on my heart is humility and empathy. Humility and empathy. This morning, those are the two words he gave me. Um, and for me, in trying to understand this issue and reflect on my own heart as it relates to racism and uh, racial reconciliation, um, how people of color are treated, I'm on a journey, and I have not arrived yet. I've come a long way, I think, in the last five years from reading, watching, listening but I have a long ways to go. So I am not a person up here who's saying, I've got this all figured out, and you need to follow me in exactly how I'm doing this, okay? So I will say that. But if you start hearing these Bible verses about racism, say, yeah, I, I understand God says this, um, but you don't, don't say in this moment, yeah, but I'm not racist. Like, I, I want to like, get that out of your head because you may not be racist. But at this moment, the response to what is happening is not, yeah, but I'm not racist. That, is, that cannot be our response right now. Once again, humility and empathy are both words built into it. There's listening. There's putting the other person above yourself. It's not quickly, defeat, yeah, but I'm not. Yeah, but don't make me feel bad. No, just maybe later you can talk through that. But right now it's, this is horrible. I have no idea how to even comprehend what people of color are going through. Maybe I'm not racist, but maybe I am racist. Maybe I am not have this overt racism, but may I've, may I've, maybe I've contributed to the, racial, the, the racist systems that are in place in our society. Maybe I've been too silent on issues, and I haven't spoke up enough, which has contributed to racism, right? Those are the questions we need to be asking in this moment. And God's word always calls us to, we're, we're honest in this church about our sin. We, you know, we want to we uh, go to God in repentance and be honest with him. And we take those things. So let's do that with this issue and not be quick to say, oh, I'm, I'm good in this area. Like, I, I'm holy. I've got it figured out. I guarantee you, if, if you are white in this room, you probably have a lot of work to do. Because I do. I have a lot of work to do. Spend the rest of my life trying to learn and understand and be an advocate and an ally for minorities and people 
of color. I used to be the person who was quick to defend and say, yeah, but I'm not racist. Okay, fine, but not right now, right? Like, we don't want to throw that out right now. Um, another story in the, in, the, in the Gospels, the Good Samaritan, right? Jesus puts that out in front of, um, really, to, to, to show how we love our neighbor, right? How we love our enemy, how we love people who aren't like us, that look different than us, that this is, this is the whole point of him telling that parable is to show his people this is the way we love people. When we talk about Christian love, it, the, 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 the pinnacle of that is loving someone who isn't like you, who doesn't, it, it's, 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 it's uh, understanding. Once again, humility and empathy to be able to love someone that way, okay? So that's, again, that's kind of the beginning part there of talking about what the Bible has to say about racism, about treating other different people of color, different races differently than your own. And so if you don't, if we have to start here, right? Hopefully everyone in this room at least can admit what was done to George Floyd this week was horrific and wrong, sinful and racist, right? Like, I mean, I think, I think, um, I think I could say that, and at least you could say it was sinful for sure, okay? So I, the rest of this is just wisdom that I've picked up um, in the last few days and over the last maybe couple of years, okay? So this is just some things that I think are good for us to figure out what do I do. Because you're going to be bombarded, you're going to see images, how am I supposed to feel? How am I supposed to act? How am I supposed to engage? This is me as a pastor trying to shepherd you as best as I can in this, as, a, as a, someone who's still trying to learn, okay? Number one, not number one, just, just the first thing, I guess, is uh, don't be quick to caricature people as you see the images that are happening right now, okay? As you see the, um, the riots that are happening, okay? As you see the police officers trying to keep order and doing the best they can, they can, right? Like, don't caricature all police officers or all law enforcement. Um, like, okay, all the policemen were like the guy who uh, murdered George Floyd. Not all, all law enforcement people are like that. And so caricaturing to the police force, does there need to be reform? Maybe in the police, sure. But individual police officers, they're, they're, most of them are good. We need to empathize with them. Once again, have empathy for them, realizing that they have a difficult job, especially now that there's riots going on. This is a difficult job for law enforcement. Protesters. The majority of the protests, from what I've seen, have been peaceful, appropriate, and what all of us hopefully would consider, yeah, this is the way, this is an appropriate way to bring change. Peaceful protests, making your voice heard, these kinds of things, right? So don't think when you see violent rioting and protests, like, oh, they're all like that. All these protesters are doing this. All of this, it's usually a few people that the camera has caught that are, are approaching this the wrong way. And those kind, that kind of rioting and violence, for the most part, has been condemned. And it should. It should be condemned. Um, one thing I've wrestled with is the, 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 the protesting and and. and some of this, but this is from a fellow pastor in Acts 29. His name's Jeff Metters. He, he threw out a few tweets last night, and I saw this, and I'm like, this is so good. I'm just going to read these, um, and I think this is, this is one of those times where we need to listen and no yow butts in your mind. Try, try not to yow, yow butt here, okay? 
It's heartbreaking to see injustice compounded across our nation by violent protest, violent policing. It is so clear how we desperately need the Prince of Peace. While looking at our country, we should observe that uproar doesn't happen in a vacuum. There is a reason our nation is here. Centuries of reasons, beginning with the African slave trade. Violent riots are wrong. I think, and hopefully we would all say that, in a vacuum, in a vacuum, all violent, um, violent riots are wrong. That's obvious. But don't let that keep you from seeing the why. Why is this happening? Is it sinful? Yes, but let's go deeper. While it seems that some are protesting out of sheer wickedness and, and an, an opportunity to do evil, others are protesting from pain. And then he gives an example here. When an abused child acts out and attacks a classmate, should people just call the kid a thug, sinfulness, whatever label, and give up on him? No. A wise counselor recognizes what's happening, sees what's fueling it all, seeks justice and healing and vindication for the mistreated boy. That, the question that's before us all, all of us, do I see what's happening? Will I seek the welfare of my neighbor? Will I be the same? And to me, this is, this is articulating what I was trying to feel. Because like what I'm seeing in the violent riot, nobody would say that's right. This is not the way to handle it. This is not appropriate. It is sinful to hurt other people and destroy property. But as an, an outsider to this whole situation to some degree, I need to ask, why is this happening? Why would a human being react so violently to this situation? And then it causes me to learn. It causes me to empathize. It causes me to understand, you know what? I would probably be pretty angry too. I'm not saying I would do it that way, but I would, there may be some temptation in me if I was in their, their shoes. Once again, empathy to do that. I understand that, right? And we have to, uh, uh, MLK Jr. Um, said, I get this right, this quote's been thrown, out, thrown around a lot, but um, uh, I think protesting Maybe even said rioting, I can't remember, but protesting or maybe rioting is the, uh, the voice of the unheard. So the question that we should ask is, uh, what's not being heard? If, if MLK Jr. is right, what's not being heard? Let's ask that question honestly. Why are people doing this? And that will provide potentially answers and get us on the road to change. But no one's, I think, condoning or at least hopefully most right-minded people are condoning, tearing property up, beating people in the streets. Like, that is not right, but that is where, we were at, where we're at, and we have to ask, what's the root of this to actually get to where we can solve some problems and get to where we want to go? So as you're, I'm just trying to help frame as you're seeing the rioting, figuring out, this is horrible. Well, how do I, what do I do with this according to the scriptures? Um, another thing that I, I have been guilty of in the past um, is um, the idea of um, this Black Lives Matter, okay, right? This isn't really even like the movement. It's just the statement saying Black Lives Matter. Now, if that bothers you, I would do some reflection. And maybe the, 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 the thing right now is to, some people are saying, well, all lives matter. That, again, that is not the thing to say right now, right? Like, yes, all lives matter. And here are two examples to show that. We talk a lot about protecting the unborn here. And I don't hear when we're speaking about the unborn and preaching about the unborn and protecting the unborn and life beginning at conception, I don't, nobody's stopping me saying, now wait a minute, all lives matter. 
All lives matter. You can't talk about the unborn. You need to talk about the elderly. Like, no one's stopping me when I'm talking about that. It, it's not necessarily the, the, the issue at hand, the, the oppressed people, in that case, the unborn, they're the ones that need the justice in the moment. Another one is um, if, if you're in a neighborhood and you, it's, your neighbor comes over and yells, yells at you, hey, my, my house is burning down, I need help. And you would say, well, my house is important. My neighbor's house is important. Why should I worry about your house when all these other houses in my neighborhood are important too? Because that house is burning, right? That house is burning down. We need to go and, 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 and address the house that's burning. And yeah, we can address the other things later down the road. But so again, in a vacuum, yes, all lives matter. God says all lives matter equally. We're all made in the image of God, but that is in a vacuum. That's not understanding 400 years of history and everything that's going on. So we need to be slow to say quickly back, oh, all lives matter. That's not helpful. That's not empathetic, and that's actually not humble. That's defending. That's fighting for your rights, right? And right now, if you're in the majority here, we need to understand and listen, okay? Now, I'm kind of trying to land the plane here. A couple of, uh, there are three, I heard a pastor this morning use these, these three categories. I think they're helpful for some handles. What do we do? Uh, God has created three institutions, the family, government, and the church, right? Family, what do we do as families, right? Talk to your family about this. Shepherd your family about this. Um, don't be silent about this. And now there's appropriate things, and especially viewing and what you're watching on TV right now. Just don't throw on a clip, right? Depending on your kid's age. Begin to talk about them. Talk about color of skin. Why, why, why people sometimes do this, right? Why do, why do people treat it differently based off the color of the skin? You, you have to shepherd your family well. Uh, I'll get into this more here in a second, but talk to uh, people of color and their families and talk about how they have to parent their kids different. You know, if you've known any uh, uh, people of color, African-American families, they actually have, um, in, in uh, white families, you have the talk. We're usually referring about the birds and the bees, right? Um, for the people in the room, right? Um, birds and the bees, right? That's the talk. Well, African-American families have to have two the talks. When they say the talk, it's either the, hey, here's what you have to wear, here's you have to how to act, here's how you had to treat police, here's how you have to walk, dress at night when you go out, here's how you have to act around people who are white. I mean, this is the kinds of talks that those families have to have with their kids. I've never had to do that. My, I've never been, had to be, tell those things, and um, we have two white kids right now, right? Probably never have to have that conversation with them. But we can have the conversations about what other families are having to talk about, right? Okay, next, government. Um, this is an area that I'm trying to learn more in, right? Um, the government's created by God, so there are these systems, right? And God calls these systems to be systems of justice, systems that will bring the most good to the most people, to be uh, agents of reconciliation, right? They're run by sinful people. They're broken. They're a mess, right? These systems won't be fixed until the new heavens and the new earth, but God still calls governments to be about reconciliation, about the, the, the common good of the most people. Um, and so I want us to begin to think in systems and not just in the, what the, the officer uh, did to George Floyd. To begin to go back and think, now, how was this able to happen? Like, why did this happen? Like, is it... Um, this gets you into like prison reform and all of these kinds of issues, right? Talk about how can we uh, fix the system 
um, and go deeper down and further upstream to deal, to kind of address some of these downstream issues that we're seeing, right? And I would say as, um, again, talking about ethical issues, as a follower of Jesus, you can't pick and choose. We said this a lot here. You can't pick and choose what ethical issues you're going to be about, right? You can't also be about protecting the life of the unborn and not be about protecting the lives of the marginalized and the oppressed in our country. Like, you can't pick and choose if you're a follower of Jesus. There's no room in the scripture to do that, right? There's times to talk louder about each, right? There's, there's times for that. But as a whole, we better be vocal about both, right? And that should, the, both of those should form our worldview, right? Um, lastly, the church. Uh, God institutes the church. Um, church is the hope of the world. We have to lead out in this. I just, one of the thoughts I had last night was just this hopelessness. Like, how in the world does the cycle of injustice start when it's like protesting leads to um, aggression, leads to more aggression, leads to more aggression, loss of life, like, and then, and then you bring like military in, like, and that's escalating. Like, what, like, when does this stop? And it, fe- it kind of feels like governments and cities are losing control. I mean, that's the appearance. I don't think that's happening, but at least that's the appearance that I have. Um, and, and there are, have been good leaders in this, and there have been bad leaders in this, leadership. Um, and so the church needs to step in. We need to be loud, we need to be vocal, and we need to do what we can to provide leadership and a prophetic voice in this time. And that's what we're trying to do this morning. We need to pursue justice and love and peace, and reconciliation, and not be afraid to get in the mess, and, and walk into places where we don't have the answers, but we just show up saying, hey, I, I want to learn. I want to be here, and I want to learn, and I want to do something about it, even though I don't have all the answers. So a paralysis right now is not the answer. It's to move toward, in once again, humility and empathy. And we'll close with this. Um, I'll say before I read this list, that we're going to be putting a lot of resources out this week, right? Like, we've been collecting things. On, uh, we're, going to, we're going to put it out on our social media, Facebook, um, probably on our blog, website. So be looking for those things. There are so many things, so many ways we can learn here. This was a list put out by an uh, African-American pastor in our network from uh, Memphis. Memphis, and, and he basically, um, basically in, in this uh, in this thread that we have for pastors through Acts 29. He says, here, here is a list for <laughs> you white pastors to begin. Like, you, you want a list? You want to learn? You want to do something? Here's a list, right? So here's the list. And this is a really good list. We'll make this list available um, on the blog or somewhere. But I think this is a great, if you're like, okay, I want to do something about this, this is, this is something to listen to. Number one, uh, befriend persons of color and have more than a couple because there's different perspectives in that community, obviously. Befriend people of color. Understand, understand what it's like as much as you can to live a day in the life or a week in the life in their shoes. And from people who have done this and, and, and invested in this, this is one of the most impactful things. To watch a, a person of color sit across the table from you and cry when they talk about um, things that have happened to them growing up because of these issues. So that's number one. Number two, read. Read. Do your work. Don't be lazy about this issue, okay? Go online, Google books. We'll provide links. We'll provide resources. Um, one of the things that I keep hearing from my, again, African-American brothers, pastors, who say, hey, we can help, but there's a lot out there already. So, hey, 
like kind of, hey, we're busy, we're in this fight, like don't expect us to just kind of like uh, spoon feed you these things. Like we're, we're, we're adults, we can go learn, we can go, we can be aggressive in our learning about this. So go online, Google books on this topic, I could recommend 20 of them right now, um, and we'll do that again through, through different means later this week. Um, number three, don't expect people of color to do the work for you. That um, goes without being saying. T- take the ownership in your own development in this area. Number four, fear is not your friend. It's a terrible excuse to remain silent towards those you care about. This is scary, especially if you don't know what to do. I, this is the way I felt for a lot of years. Like, I don't know what to say. Like, I get it. Like, I'm not, I can't, I don't even understand what it, is, what, what it is to be a person of color in this country. I don't. But th- let's not let that paralyze us. Let's begin to move towards the issue and not away from the issue and be learners. Number five, don't run from the pain. Sit in it. Feel it as much as you can. And maybe this is the best thing we can do right now on May 31st, just to watch the stories, listen, and feel empathy, empathize with people of color and the pain the fear that they're going through right now because they're having to explain to their kids who are watching this. Mommy, daddy, why, why, why'd that police officer kill that man, right? Like, like that's, a, that's a conversation that has to happen in homes right now that I don't understand. Um, so we need to feel that pain as much as we can. Number six, love your neighbor by knowing your neighbor. Get to know people who aren't like you. That's, that's just mission 101, right? We talk about that a lot. Stop trying to fix it, at least first, you won't, by yourself, fight to understand it first. Fight to understand it. And then number eight, he says, repeat that list, <laughs> right? Like, this is like a lifelong thing to begin doing this. Again, I'll put, we'll post this list um, uh, somewhere else. Again, I say all that because I'm feeling it. I'm trying to learn. I have so much learning to do. I hopefully, this doesn't come from a place of self-righteousness, but I read the scriptures. I'm seeing what I'm seeing. I, I, I'm, I'm hurting. I'm tired. And I just, I want the spirit to change my heart, help me, give me energy, give me wisdom. And I just pray that we all would do that um, as well. Let me pray, and then we'll get into communion. Father, I thank you for your word again. Every week we say this, but um, we don't have to go far in the scriptures. We don't have to hunt for scriptures that command us to love our neighbor, to love people who aren't like us, to love fellow image bearers of God. You have the prophet Amos who's trying to wake up the people of God to be like, you're, you're going about normal business, business as usual, but there's, there's, there's things happening around you that you're blind to. So Amos was saying, wake up. And if, if we need to be woken up, God, wake us up. There are individuals in this room that need to be awoken to this, this idea. I pray that you would wake them up. That we would sit in this moment and reflect and ask, God, have I, have I um, added to this issue? Have I, have I added to the pain? Have I added to these systems that kind of allow this to keep happening, I pray we would just take an honest look at those things and allow you to do the work inside of us all that we all probably need in one way or the other. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.